caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. What I've done is I'm going to be announcing uh, exactly right now that I'm going to be putting our Vice President Mike Pence in charge. And Mike will be working with the professionals and doctors and everybody else that's working. The team is is brilliant. I spent a lot of time with the team over the last couple of weeks, but they're totally brilliant. And we're doing really well. And Mike is going to be in charge, and Mike will report back to me. But he's got a certain talent for this. Mike's in charge as the number of international cases exceed the cases in China, according to the World Health Organization. Italy has 50,000 people under quarantine now. They got police roadblocks set up. South Korea's president says the outbreak is very grave. And South Korea plans to test 200,000 people connected to a church that was the source of the outbreak over there. Who the hell knows what's happening in Iran and the Middle East? So Mike Pence is in charge of the coronavirus response, and I would argue that's a good thing to put a central person in charge that the president trusts, that the American people can trust as a level-headed player that will report, will be reported to by the, the scientists and the doctors. And I think that's a good development. Nobody was expecting Mike Pence would be announced today as leading this coronavirus response. But when you have people in the CDC saying it's very likely that this thing is going to spread here in the community, and it's just a matter of time, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when, well, it helps getting that reassurance that there are people at the highest level of the government, including uh, people report directly to Trump, but also Mike Pence is helping organize this. And of course it's attacked in the mainstream media on cable news, everybody saying that uh, Trump's uh, incompetent, that the response has been incompetent. Well, I would argue that CNN's response has been incompetent. I would argue uh, NPR and all the people on the news that have been saying, don't worry about this. Influenza is more dangerous. They're the ones who really have been incompetent because they haven't been covering this crisis. Meanwhile, President Trump, while he is calming a calming person, a, a calming figure, and I think that's what he's intending to be, okay, flanked by scientists and doctors who are given some tough information, some information that's shocking to many to hear. President Trump is able to stand there and be the comforting voice, and I think that's what was happening. That's what we saw, and Trump did mention the flu and how the seasonal flu kills a lot of people. I think he's trying to be comforting. You know what else President Trump did? He shut down flights from China. So you couldn't have this infection spread in the U.S. and get out of control. He uh, uh, did not get enough credit for that. Shutting down the flights from China early. And he pointed out himself that he was called racist for that and xenophobic. And a lot of criticism, now you can say that's probably the biggest reason why we don't have a horrible outbreak right now in this country. And the whole idea of politicizing this thing, it's, it's really sickening. Hearing Nancy Pelosi call Trump incompetent and, and hearing Chuck Schumer thinks he's being clever by offering more money than Trump asked for. 
Yeah, I mean, Trump asked for $2.5 billion. It's true. I said that that probably was not enough. Other people said that wasn't enough. He wasn't asking for enough. But then uh, Chuck Schumer goes and thinks he's making a, a proven a point by offering more money. And Trump today was just like, OK, we'll take it. Who doesn't say yes to more money? And he pointed out, you know, we'll spend it well. But listen, if you're asking Dan Kingston, Dan Kingston over here is going to tell you what Dan Kingston thinks. And he says, oh, you're going to need more even than $8 billion. I'm afraid that could be a very real possibility. While people are saying, oh, there's so much waste, fraud and abuse with this kind of emergency declaration, for instance, what's happening in San Francisco. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is just a money grab from Nancy Pelosi. But let me tell you something about San Francisco because that's where I'm from. And it's the largest population of Chinese, uh, both residents and tourists, of any city in the country. You combine that with the fact they have these uh, tent cities, sprawling tent cities. You got to have at least thousands. I would, I would say conservative estimates, hundreds to thousands, if not more, of these tents all across the city. And, and so you got tent cities under the overpasses, under highways, over there in San Francisco. And, and also the metro areas outside of San Francisco, you got to worry about the spread of a viral uh, disease in those homeless communities. The thing could just run rampant. And before you know it, you didn't even realize you could have infections right now. There's hundreds of people self-monitoring and self-quarantining in the city of San Francisco. And so... Tomorrow, you could wake up and, and have dozens of people turn out to be infected in San Francisco. That's why they're declaring a state of emergency over there in San Francisco. And you want to be you know, uh, conspiratorial about people at the disease control. You know, they're related to Rod Rosenstein or it's all a deep state plot to unseat the president by destroying the economy. I mean, look, there's no end to how conspiratorial you can be. And I will say that you got to ask the tough questions, and you do got to ask who's uh, responsible for this coronavirus. Uh, you know, while I think the likelihood of it being a deep state plan to sink the world economy and unseat President Trump probably is not the most likely of scenarios, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't condemn you for asking that question. I mean, would you condemn me for saying the, the Coronavirus could be a bioweapon designed to destabilize China as a manufacturing hub. Would you condemn me for asking that question? Or would you condemn me for asking the question whether or not coronavirus leaked as a man-made virus from an illegal Chinese bioweapons program? No, I mean, all we're allowed to say is that it came from a sick bat or one of those scale pitogen animals. And that's the official story. And that's what we got to stick to. No. We can ask the tough questions here in the Kingston community, and if it is a deep state uh, plot to unseat the president and sink the world economy, then oh boy, we got a we got a worse situation than even I imagined when it comes to the deep state. I wonder because you can't control that thing; you cannot control it. Before long, you think you're unseating the president, you're unseating the, the entire country, you're unseating the deep state. I mean. Uh, the deep state's not suicidal themselves. And so I think if you unleash a, a virus uh, and you're planning to have one thing happen, well, we know the quickest way to make God laugh is to tell him your plans. And the deep state knows that everybody 
I think, has heard that phrase. And if you haven't heard that phrase, well, doesn't it ring true? Now, I want to get back to the political uh, uh, politicizing of the coronavirus. It's horrible how it's being politicized, not just uh, on the left, but also on the right, uh, saying that uh, this is a, a ploy in order to get money that uh, San Francisco. Now, I, look, I wouldn't put it past San Francisco to, um, you know, uh, be corrupt and hoard some of this emergency planning money. I mean, look at San Francisco. It's one of the most corrupt cities along there with Chicago. And you had a, a an official in San Francisco just recently got charged with corruption, really high level in San Francisco uh, and uh, bribery and, and horrible situation. So it's really a situation where they're looking into San Francisco, the FBI under the direction of the president I think is really on top of corruption over here. And we're not going to let this situation turn into a money grab. It's way too important for that. Yes. If Hillary Clinton was president, that's what we'd be seeing, but we're not going to see that this time around. This is Kingston country. Hi friends. You're listening to the Dan Kingston podcast, celebrating all things American. I want to explore that if Hillary Clinton was president, you know, the flights from China would still be happening, I'd argue, until Americans were literally dropping down dead on the street. Maybe that's when she would decide that she has to consider doing a study on the plausibility of shutting down flights from China because that's never been done before and we can't handle something like that. There's a whole bunch of reasons why Democrats say, no, we can't do this. It's racist. It's xenophobic. It's unpractical. It's never been done before. It's not the right thing to do. It's not the moral thing to do. Well, you know what? What's the pragmatic thing to do? How do you protect American citizens? Because at the end of the day, whatever protects American citizens, that's the right thing to do. And you hear uh, Trump now. I want to play a clip. President Trump reacting to how Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have completely politicized the coronavirus in a horrible, horrible way. We have to work together. Instead, she wants to do that same thing with Brian Chuck Schumer. He goes out and he says, uh, the president only asked for two and a half billion dollars. He should have eight and a half billion. This is the first time I've ever been told that we should take more. Usually it's we have to take less. And we should be working together. He shouldn't be making statements like that because it's so bad for the country. And Nancy Pelosi, I mean, she should go back to her district and clean it up because it's the number one. If you look at percentage down, that was one of the finest in the world. And now you look at what's happening. God, it used to be a beautiful city. And now it's anarchy. Horrible situation in the streets of San Francisco and a perfect storm for a viral infection to take root. That's the horrible, scary reality of the situation in San Francisco right now. And that's why I think they're actually doing the right thing in declaring a state of emergency in San Francisco. There are cases in the Bay Area. California has half the cases of coronavirus in the country. San Francisco could very well be ground zero for this thing based just on the number of people who are self-monitoring and self-quarantining. And given the high number of Chinese in that city. This is a flashpoint. This is a place we need to be concerned about. It was so predictable, wasn't it? How CNN 
would avoid coverage of coronavirus for weeks and weeks and weeks until suddenly it became a crisis, until suddenly they could say something about Trump. And of course, we knew what would happen on this podcast. We predicted it that CNN, when they did start talking about coronavirus, all it would be was about how Trump did such a horrible job in containing it. Well, it boggles the mind how they can do that and they get away with doing that today. And they are. They're getting away with it. They're saying that he's incompetent for what? For shutting down flights and stopping the spread of the virus in this country. That's what he's done for whatever reason, because he's a germaphobe or because he really understood that was the right policy. Does it matter if you smile? It makes you happy, doesn't it? And the president has a right policy on coronavirus. He's, in my opinion, going to stop flights from Italy and South Korea if it looks like it's as bad as it really is over there. And I would Hillary Clinton, would a Democrat do that? Or would they wait till people were dropping dead in the streets? Now, it's important not to be a fear mongerer because, you know, that's how they control us, isn't it? Fear is how they control you. So uh, you got to be careful whenever you're afraid or whenever you feel like somebody's trying to make you afraid. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to give you the point of view that other people don't. I'm trying to give you the news that other people are afraid to give you because, oh, you know, I don't want to fear anybody. don't want to scare anybody. I got to be careful about what you say. You're getting my train of thought. You're getting directly the voice in my head is coming straight to you. No filter, no editing. And I think that's what you like about this. I think that's what you appreciate about this. And I want to give you some good news. We are uh, studying a, a potential coronavirus treatment right now. Yes, the vaccine, they say it's going to take a while. It's going to take at least a year. But again, we have a potential coronavirus treatment right now. It's being tested around the world. It's been given to 400 patients right now. Half the patients are going to receive the antiviral medicine. It's called remdesivir, remdesivir, and the other half are going to get a placebo. Now, those poor bastards that get the placebo, right? I mean, God, if you got a coronavirus and they're giving you an experimental drug, wouldn't you hope they were giving you the real thing? I'd be like, doc, give me the real thing. Don't give me the placebo now. I know, I know there's a chance you're giving me the placebo. Give me the real thing. And it just seems so cruel, right? Hopefully after they give them the placebo, then they give them the real thing. I don't know. But either way, this is some good news. It's not all bad news when it comes to coronavirus. Okay, now I want to give you a clip on uh, the debate last night because President Trump managed to uh, bring it up during the coronavirus uh, press briefing. Talking about maybe the Democrat debate was the reason why the stock market took a tumble. And it sounds crazy until you hear the clip. I don't know if you actually saw the DNC debate, but uh, listen to this one. What a joke. Well, of course, uh, 
the any stock market would tumble after watching that performance because you're looking at those clowns, those bozos that uh, can't even formulate uh, any kind of uh, response to one another. They're all talking over each other. And you got CBS, and they can't moderate a debate. They have no idea what they're doing. They look like uh, minor leagues. They don't look like major leagues. And <laughs> so the idea that it's crazy that the stock market took a hit because of the debate. No, it's not. It's not entirely a crazy idea, but it's more comical than anything. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Dan Kingston here asking you to do me a huge favor. Will you possibly rate the Dan Kingston podcast on Apple Podcasts? Each new rating, believe it or not, really does have a major impact on the way Apple's algorithm recommends content. With just one quick click, you can help promote citizen journalism and end the stranglehold of the mainstream media. Together, we're going to do this. Thank you. I really appreciate your support.